0: or you can find us at our website, Medorchurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Let's go to the book of Judges chapter 5 today. If you got your Bibles? Open them up iPad, phone, or look on the screen. Amen. Judges chapter 5, verse number 1. Then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinanam, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Eden, the earth trembled, the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water, the mountains melted before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, The highways were unoccupied. The travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the village ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then was war in the gates. Was there a spear or shield, a shield or spear seen? Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you, Lord, for your kingdom. Lord, we are your hands and we are your feet. You are the head, we are your body. Lord Jesus, and in this world today, we are the voice that must be cried out of the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. We must be written epistles, read and read of all men, God. We must be ambassadors, God, connected the kingdom of heaven with this world. Lord Jesus, we are representatives, citizens, God, that wear your name, God, that carry your torch and your culture. Help us, Lord Jesus, to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, God, for this is the purpose of your church, and we give you praise for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody say, ready to respond. respond. I want you to say it with with passion. Ready to respond. I want to be transformed to serve today. How about you? Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. (laughs) Praise be to God. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. One of the most commonly known personalities in the United States is some man known as Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is an icon. Hold off and put in that image until I tell you, Sister Shelley, just real quick. His image is one of the most recognizable faces in American lore. It seems that Uncle Sam was first introduced in World War I around 1812. The term "Uncle Sam" is said to have been derived from a man named Samuel Wilson, a meat packer from Troy, New York, who supplied the, the nation's uh, uh, soldiers with rations of meat during World War or during the war rather of eighteen twelve during the War of eighteen twelve. Samuel Wilson, who served in the American Revolution at the age of fifteen, was born in Massachusetts. After the war, he settled in the town of Troy, New York, where he and his brother, Ebenezer, began to have a meat packing facility. And so Samuel was a man of great fairness and reliability and honesty who was devoted to his country and well-liked in his community. Mr. Wilson and his partner supplied meat to the military during the War of 1812. Each package of meat was stamped with their company's design, and it had EA slash US. From this stamp, it seems that Uncle Sam was born, and the name became synonymous with America itself, Uncle Sam. You would put that picture up. You remember the famous, the famous picture that says, I want you. I want you. It's an interesting historical uh, understanding or fact about this I want you poster. It first appeared in a magazine article about getting ready for war. It was created, the poster was, around 1917 by James Montgomery Flagg. The image was a powerful one. Uncle Sam has his striking features and an impressive eyebrow, pointed finger, and a direct address to the viewers that turned the drawing into an American icon. I was shocked to realize that in less than a year they printed 4 million copies of this poster and posted them from Maine to California. The reason at this time is that World War I was in full swing and the United States needed everyone on deck. Needed everyone to get involved. So Mr. Mr. Uncle Sam became the icon that said the army needs you. The navy needs you. The, 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 The army and the military need you. You have to be a part of this. Carry on to World War II and Mr. Uncle Sam shows up again and says, I need you. I I want to tell you that, that the generation of the day just is a little different than the generation of World War I and World War II when it comes to patriotism, when it comes to being connected, Amen. when it comes to being involved. When a nation goes to war, it is imperative that everyone get on board and support the war effort to the best of your ability. Do you realize that during World War II, Steinway and Sons produced a special built piano for the American troops and produced 5,000 of these special what they call victory vertical or G.I. Steinways, and some of them they even parachuted out of airplanes to drop them into the arena where the soldiers were at so that they could have something that would be encouraging, entertaining, distracting for them. And so Steinway and son decided, we're going to get involved. We're going to be a part of this war effort. You realize that, uh, you know, During World War II, they started rationing vegetables. They started rationing produce. And you know what the American people did? They created over 20 million what is known as victory gardens. Victory gardens in in their yards, on vacant lots, They created them on the top of buildings so that they could produce. And out of Victory Gardens, the Americans were able to produce vegetable produce for themselves that supplied 40% of the American ingest of vegetables. Somebody had to get involved. Pigeons carried messages. Dogs carried messages. Dogs guarded and, 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 and scouted out different areas. We find that the radio and film industry got involved in the war effort. Women went to work because men went to war. Women went to work. The question to the American population was, are you ready? Are you ready to serve? Because Uncle Sam needs you. Amen. Is there anybody in the house that are thankful for our American heritage? The war that is before us in the book of Judges is an interesting story. Judges was a rough time to live. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd want to live in the book of of Judges' time period where they were up and down. During the particular time that is before us, Jabin, king of of Canaan, set out an aggressive attack against Israel. Jabin was a cunning and crafty and ruthless leader his methods were cruel and shrewd he disarmed the people of god he employed device devices to divide the people of god he attacked from every front For 20 years he attacked and he would send his general, Sisera, the sadistic military minion of Jabin with his 900 chariots of iron and his massive army of all kinds of crude people to usher in these years of of oppression. The highways were overrun by the armies of Sisera. The paths that normally they would trod were now being silent because people had to use back roads and and through the woods and through the desert to find their place. The people had abandoned the villages and communities that were small and went off and run into the woods or into the cities trying to live. Visionary leadership ceased and the leaders became quiet and the leaders and the tribal leaders became distant. No one was in charge. Nobody knew what to do. The Absence of good leadership, open up the door for war in the gates. But then the Bible says, until that I, Deborah, arose. I arose a mother in Israel. God chose and chose rather to call a mother. A mother to lead Israel in this time of oppression. A time that there was war in the gates. A God called mother that would produce something new. That would give birth to hope. That would give birth to purpose. That would give birth to direction. Someone that would remind Israel that they are God's people. To remind Israel that their leadership does matter. That their work does matter. Amen. The mother speaks of the church. Amen. The church that says I know that it's a different time that we live in. I know that it's not normal. We can't do the normal things we used to do. But I'm telling you God will bring a mother a, a, a person that will come on the scene that will remind us that God is still in charge. That God is still in charge. In those days, the army of Israel consisted of just a few foot soldiers, men whose training was farming and not military, fishing and sheep herding, not military. Israel at this time didn't have a standing army to defend itself against these times of attack and crisis. Instead, each tribe would call up a militia of our able-bodied men. Each tribe taught uh, or fought rather, most of the battles alone in their particular area. But the times of the neighboring tribe would, would be attacked, and there would be such a broad attack, they would have to join together. And so the leaders, the tribal leaders would get this tribe and that tribe to come together to respond to an attack. So there had to be a call. There had to be a call. The Canaanites of north had come down with a huge army led by General Caesarea. And the Canaanite forces were gathered to attack with their 900 chariots. And close to 200,000 soldiers, they estimate, was coming against Israel. It sprawled, the army did, from Horeth. Until the river of Kishon. It is estimated that these men were were, were just vast. And the Bible calls them in verse 7 multitude. They came with one goal. And that's to kill the Israelites. Genocide. The attack for 20 years was bad. But they came with one mission. And that was to wipe out the Israelites. The army is great. The attack is imminent. One tribe can't do it by themselves. So the call has to go out. Will you come? Will you come and help us? Will you come and help us against uh, Caesarea? Will you come and fight against this great host? There is a just cause. Somebody say amen. There is a war that is worth fighting. There is a war that we cannot afford to lose. How many know that today, that there is a war going on right now that is worth fighting? There is a war for morality that is worth Fighting. There's a war against uh, Christian Judeo concepts. Uh, It is worth fighting. There's a war for the world of view today. There's a war for the lost and the dying. There's a war that is going on that we need everyone to respond to. In Judges 4 and 14, Deborah said, Unto Barak, that was the general that was overseeing this gathering of soldiers from different tribes. Barak, up, for this is the day. Somebody say, this is the day. day. In which the Lord hath delivered Caesarea into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor. 10,000 men after him. So we got 200,000 estimated to 10,000. How many like those odds? That's a big army to try to overrun with just 10,000 people. But look at verse 15. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, So Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. Deborah, the mother of Israel, said to Barak, Charge! Let's go! It's time to move forward! This is our opportunity! Let me just tell you, the darker the night the greater opportunity for the light. The bigger the battle, the greater the opportunity for every prayer warrior to rise up and say, this is our day. The enemy thinks he's got the hand over us. The enemy thinks that he's winning. But can I tell you, I want to remind you, I've done, looked at the back of the book and I know the church is on the winning side. God routed Sisera and all those 900 chariots and all those troops before Barak. Sisera got so scared and so dejected, he jumps out of his chariot and runs. Barak chases the chariots and the troops, and he goes after him. And and so Sisera, his entire fighting force, is dead. Not a man left. Think about that. God made a way so that not a one was left except this general Sisera. He ran for his life, and he ran to a place that he thought he could hide. He ran to Heber, the Canaanite's house, and there Heber's wife, J.L., said, You can trust me. Come on in. Come on and stay. for Now, now this, this story is about to get very, very, very PG-13 rated. But come on in, come on, I can, I, 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 you're thirsty, come on in, I'll give you some milk, here's a blanket to cover you up, you lay down, get you some rest, you're exhausted from all your fighting, I'll take care of everything, I'll watch the door and make sure that nobody knows that you're here, I've got your back, Mr. Sisera, I've got everything, and she waits until he is asleep, and she goes, finds a big tent spike. And she puts it on the temple of his head and takes a hammer and drives it all the way through to the ground. Woo! That's one bad woman. You better not mess with her. You better not mess with JL. Amen. She ended the war with one spike. Amen. While he was fast asleep from exhaustion, she took the peg and a hammer. And she went in and simply destroyed him. How did a handful of militia from different tribes destroy a massive army? How? How is it achieved? How is victory achieved with astonishing results? First of all, there's two things I want to tell you that brought victory. Number one, God was with them. Somebody say, God is with us. God is with us. Number two, they responded to the call. How do we, how do we, how are we going to have the victory? How are we going to have the victory in 22? How are we going to go forward in 20? How are we going to have a revival like we've never seen before in 22? It's got to be because God is with us. And it also has to be because his people respond to the call. Praise God. After the victory is over, Deborah gets her tambourine out. The Bible doesn't say that, but I'm I'm thinking that she's singing a song, so she's going to have some musical instrument that she writes this song with. And in verse 2 of Judges 5, she says, Praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel when the people willingly offered themselves. Notice it says, when the people willingly offered themselves. It literally says when the leaders began to lead, the people began to work. Amen. Victory came when they willingly offered themselves. They didn't hold anything back. Leaders took the lead. The tribal leaders come from each tribe. They didn't sit back and fold their hands and say let somebody else do it, but they got busy with their job. They began to volunteer to battle and the people followed them into battle, amen this my brothers and sisters is the way we're going to have victory in this year, is that we decide that we're all in that those that are leaders will lead and those that are workers will work for the glory of God, for the cause of Christ, amen as willing vessels how about say willing vessels that's what Deborah's song is all about Next, we find in verse 2 through verse 5 is that she begins by reflecting, by remembering, by rehearsing. She said, verse 3 Hear, O ye kings, give ear, O ye princes. I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord. And she testifies. When thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Eden, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped. The clouds also dropped water the mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sania before the Lord God of Israel. You know what she's referring to? Deuteronomy 33, when God poured out rain upon his enemies and washed them away. She said, he did it yesterday and he did it today. He'll do it tomorrow. He did it yesterday. He'll do it. He's doing it. Can I just tell you the same God of Acts chapter 2 is the God God of 22. The same God of 1914 is the same God of 22. I want to remind you that the church, that this church has gone through battles. We've gone through trials and we're still standing. We're still rejoicing. Hallelujah. I remind you today of the miracles of yesterday. Tell us of the miracles of today and tomorrow. Deborah reflecting on the God that is consistent and able to perform the miraculous when the odds are against His people. When the odds are against His people. I want to tell you today, we still serve a resurrection God. We still serve a resurrecting God. We serve a God that can take those things that are dead and bring them to life. Stop believing that the enemy has already won, so we give up and we give in. No, we, we serve a God that can cause rain to fall from heaven. We serve a God that can cause the wind to blow. We serve a God that can show up with a million-dollar check. We serve a God who can come in and do the work that we cannot do. I want to trust Him, but I've got to respond. I've got to respond to His call. The mission, dear church, is the same of Acts 2 and 1914. I say 1914 because that's when this church began here at MPC. Same God. The same message of Acts 2 and 1914 is the same message of 2022. He's still the healer. He's still the savior. He's still my deliverer. He still is on the throne. I don't care how you feel. It doesn't matter how depressed I get. It doesn't matter what my emotions say. He's still on the throne. He is still large and in charge. There is still only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all and in all of us. Amen. God has not changed. Oh, His power is still the same. I want that working in my life. But it's going to be restored. It's predicated upon my response to the call. So she reminds Israel in her song about what God can do. Think about what God has done in your life and he, what he can do in your life. The next he begins to talk about, the. Uh, she, she writes about life under the oppression uh, of the king of the Canaanites. She writes about this 20 years of oppression. And she says, remember where the Lord brought us from. Remember what God can do, but also remember where the Lord brought us from. How many of you are sitting in this place today can look back five years and say, man, the Lord brought me from a mighty long way? Look back 15 years, look back 20 years, look back 50 years and say, my God has brought me from a mighty long way. Look back five weeks, my God has brought me. Somebody needs to remember that you are at a better place now than what you were a few years ago. Amen. Stop thinking about, well, I don't have this and this is not that and look how bad. No, but look how far we've come. Look how far you've come. Take a minute, stand to your feet and to give God thanks for where you've come from. Give him thanks. Come on, stand to your feet, lift your hands and give God thanks for where you've come from. Hallelujah. Oh, praise be to God. Oh, praise be to God! The odds were against me, but I'm still standing. The odds are against my family, but I'm still standing. Hallelujah! Lord, I bless you. Be seated. From verse six through nine. Deborah, her refrain deals with the remembering of the goodness of God and how bad it was and where they've gone through. The highways were deserted. Free travel was not an option. They had to journey on the off roads and the back roads and through the woods. She said that the inhabitants of the villages ceased. That means leaders stopped leading. Workers stopped working. And warriors stopped warring. Until Deborah said, I showed up. What kind of woman must Deborah have been to step in a day where they were battling idolatry, they were battling defeat, warriors had become wimps, and the enemy had stolen all their weapons. Israel didn't have any weapons because the Canaanites for 20 years had a task, and that was to disarm them. Why? The ultimate goal was to destroy them. And when the enemy disarms us, the next step leads to destruction. I want to tell the enemy, you thought you took my weapon, but I've got some arsenal that you don't know about. I have some authority that you don't know about. I have some power that's beyond your ability to take, What I have, you steal steal my weapons, but God's got something inside of me that's bigger than your weapons. The Canaanites disarmed them. She said, not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. Not a shield or spear was seen. But in verse 9, Judges 5 and 9, in her song she says this, my heart is toward the governors of Israel that offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. What she's saying is that not everybody had quit, not everybody was hiding, not everybody was wimping out, not everybody was turncoating and running. I want to tell you that this hour of apostasy where people are leaving truth left and right. Not everybody is leaving. Not everybody is running. Not everybody's marching away from doctrine. Not everybody is marching away from the word. Not everybody's running from holiness and living godly and having right spirits. She said there's still some and I celebrate them. I said, I celebrate them. I celebrate them. Hallelujah. Not everybody gives up. And then in verse 10, she rehearses the call to action. Verse 10, she says, Speak ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment. This is the leaders again. And walk by the way. They that are delivered from the noise of archers in the place of drawing waters. There shall they rehearse the righteous acts of the Lord. Even the righteous acts toward the inhabitants of villages in Israel. Then shall the people of the Lord go down to the gates. Where's the war? In the gates. And the people of the Lord shall go to war. And then she says to herself, Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake and utter a song. Arise, Barak, Amen. And lead thy captivity captive, thou son of Abenam. What is she saying? It's time to wake up and get busy. It's time to go to action. Can I just tell you right here, there are things that we used to do we don't normally be, are able to do. Amen. We can't go to hospitals like they, like the, we used to. We, there are places they're not allowing us to get in even now after two years. Not allowed to go back in. But I want to tell you what, we need to find a way around that. We need to find a path around that so that we can get in somehow. Whether it be by letter or whether it be by uh, video conferencing. Whatever it's got to be but begins with our, our prayer life and put ourselves before God and praying. In the name of Jesus, right now, go to the hospital where Bishop Willis is. Touch his body in the name of Jesus. Right now, go to the hospital, Lord, Amen. where Pastor Davis is. And he's working for his very life. Oh, God, show up. How, how, How does it look in 22 when you can't go but you know? You know what? I want to challenge you. I'm going to put a challenge out to you. And that is when you go through your your social media feed and you see someone that says, please pray, stop and do it right then. Stop. You don't have to post about it. You don't have to tell them about it. You don't have to brag about it. I prayed three hours for you today. No, just do it. Just do it. That's answering the call of 22 to the war of 22. We need warriors that will say, I may not have the same kind of weapon I have, but I'll find me a new one. we go through this song, you will find that there were those that responded to the call of Deborah to arise and awake. Ephraim, the leaders of Ephraim and the people of Ephraim showed up. What did they show up for? To fight against the great odds against them. Benjamin and the tribe of Benjamin showed up and got involved and answered the call. Zebulun, whom the Bible says handled the pen of a rider, showed up. They said, I may not have a bow. I may not have an arrow but I do have influence in writing. There is something I can do. Stop saying, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and we've got this restriction, and that. No, I'll do what God has given to me. What is your gifting today? What has God put in your hands? Amen. What has God put in your hands? Zeblin said, I got a pen. I got a quill. I'll use it for the glory of God. Praise be to God. How many of you are on Facebook? Raise your hand. All right. That means the vast majority of us have an instant way to post things for the glory of God and for the honor of the Lord. Amen. If you don't know how to post positively, just sh- Stop for a while and post the word of God. Post the word of God. Post the glory of God. Post what God is able to do. Amen. Somebody has got to say, I will be a Zebulun. I will be a Zebulun. Notice what verse 18 said of Zebulun. In verse 18, 5, it says, uh, Judges 5 and 18, Zebulun and Natalah were a people who jeopardized their lives who hazard their lives under the death in the high places of the field. I want to tell you, there is a calling that needs to get in our core that says, I'll not only live for this gospel, I'll die for this gospel. I'm not only to live, but I'm going to die if need be. I'll give my life for it. Now, tragically, not everybody answered the call. Reuben, the tribe of Reuben, If you study the song, they couldn't make up their mind. You want to get involved, old in Reuben? I don't know. You want to be a part? Yeah. I don't know if I really want to do that. If I do that, I can't do this. and I don't know if it's handled just exactly right. I don't know if they're doing this right. I, I, I don't know if they have the right military plan. What, 10,000? To 200,000. I don't know. That's Reuben. Gilead played it safe because they stayed on the other side of Jordan. God bless y'all. Go on, have church. Go on, have the move of God. Fight for the kingdom. Fight for righteousness. I'm over here. Got your back. Way back. Then how, how, how about Dan? Dan just shocks me. The tribe of Je- Dan, here's what they did. They all got on a ship and went on a cruise. Read it. That's what Deborah says. What are y'all doing still in ships? That's what she's saying. Dan, you decided that you're just going to go on a cruise. You're going to check out. At least Reuben's over here going, eh, I don't know. And, and, and Gilead's over here saying, I'm over here, but, you know, I'm supporting... Dan ran. Dan fled. When the call came, are you ready to respond? It said, yeah, email me on the cruise. I'm going to go for a trip. Then you will find that, that, that Deborah's song also talks about the heavens pouring down. It talks about the floodwaters rising until the river of Kishon got so involved, it literally swept the army away. It took a whole section of army with them. Uh, Deborah writes about horses that got involved, that pounded with their hoofs on the enemy, stallions that charged and stampeded the enemy. Amen. The rain from heaven that fell and watched the enemy uh, wash away. The stars in their courses join in the fight against Sisera. Amen. Because there is a righteous cause here. I want to tell you when God gets involved, I better be on board. When God is moving, I need to be on board. I don't have time to say, eh, I don't know. No, I don't have time to go take a cruise. I don't have time to say I'm going to be disconnected, but I've got to be involved in the kingdom of God. One of the saddest verses in Deborah's song is verse 23, where she says, Curse ye, miraz," said the angel of the Lord. Curse ye bitterly the inhabitants thereof, because they came not to help of the Lord, to help the Lord against the enemy. Know this God's gonna finish his work. God's gonna have his church. God is gonna have revival and it's gonna be poured out somewhere. My question is Will I respond? Will I get on board? But Miraz, unlike Dan, unlike uh, 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 Reuben, unlike Gilead, they just simply refuse. To respond. They didn't respond at all. God's going to have revival. I better respond to it. God's got a war going on. I better respond to it. God's got a work that needs to be done. I want to be on board. Hallelujah. I want to be on board. So Miraz did not respond. You know what God chose? And the one that responded was a housewife. One housewife. Mirage, that may have been their job to get rid of Sisera. But because they didn't respond, God said, I got a housewife over here that I'm going to use. Years ago, we took a trip to Mexico. I was just a little boy. And there was a lady there that was being a missionary. and, and, And I don't really know what this term means, but my dad said she was a bar fly. She was a bar fly, worked in bars and whatever the case may be. And she came to know the Lord and and wound up doing a work of missions in Mexico. And my dad, you know, the diplomat that he was, looked at her and said, said, Sister Madeline, why are you here? Why are you here? And she looked at him and said, because the man that God called was too stinking lazy to come. J.L. should have probably never drove the spike through the head of Sisera and had to deal with that all her life. But because Miraz didn't show up, it now was given to someone else to do. I, 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 I. Brother Jason, I don't want anybody taking my job. I don't want anybody taking my job. I don't want anybody coming in saying, Oh, you are cursed because when I called you, you didn't answer. But rather, Lord, here I am. Send me. Use me. Let me be a vessel of honor for the glory of God. And if I am the one that drives the stake, I'll be the one that drives the stake. Somebody say, Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for mamas of Israel. Thank the Lord for prayer warriors, of mothers that are prayer warriors on these pews. Thank God for elders that pray and seek the Lord. Thank God for worshipers that don't allow their physical bodies to keep them from worshiping God. Thank God for young ones that'll shout and run the aisle and praise God. Thank God. Thank God for somebody that says, Mirage, you won't respond. I will respond. Come on, Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank God for Jail who responded. Thank God for the wind. And the rain that fell down caused the river to rise and begin to wash away. Thank God for car alarms to let you know you just hit your fob. Thank God. Thank God for horses that did their job. Thank God for those that stood up and said, I'll respond to the call. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he gave some apostles... And some prophets, and some evangelists, and some for some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting that word there means equipping, for the equipping of the saints. And I want to focus on this phrase: for the work of the ministry. Somebody say the work of the ministry. We are all called to something. The fivefold ministry may not be your calling. It may not be your gifting. The five-fold ministry may not be where you're at, but everyone in this room has a ministry. Look here. Praise God. Everyone in this room has a ministry. You have a ministry. I have a ministry. We're called to that. I like what Skip Moen wrote in, in an article when he said, God is continually active. The history of Israel is a witness to God's interaction with men. God's work shapes history itself. God's work directs the course of all events and activities in the human realm to suit His purpose. Work is never outside the context of God's sovereignty. Work has been as an assignment God gave to man. The first man, Adam, was to work. His duty was to work. Even in the Garden of Eden... The paradise work is not the fulfillment of human potential, but it is the fulfillment of divine purpose. Why are you here? Why are you here on this planet for one thing, but also why are you here at MPC? We're looking at obstacles that we've never faced before. We're facing a time that I would say, should make us well realize this is the last days. We're living in the last days. Who would have ever thought, think what you want about the truckers in Canada, but who would have ever thought that we live in a day where, where GoFundMe would be having a, a place where people were given to the cause of the truckers. They, someone started this cause, and it went upwards to $10 million, and they took the money. The group me group took the money and they said, this is not a worthy cause. We're going to do it for what we think is. Took these people's money and stole it because they thought they were being politically correct. Do you know how warped that thinking is? That means I can come into your home and take what is what I want and it becomes mine. Don't call the cops because that's mine. I want that. Now you go steal it back and they're going to call the cop on you. Come on, that's the crazy convoluted thinking of our day. Thank God that there was some some people that rose up and said, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to do that. We're going to sue the pants off of you. We need to realize we're facing a thinking of this world that is so convoluted that they're sold out believing the lie of Antichrist. Antichrist. What are we going to do? I can't afford to be a Reuben and say, I don't know. I can't afford to be a Dan and just check out on vacation and bury my head in the sand. I can't afford to be a Gilead and say, I got your back from a distance. But oh God, let me be a Naphtali. Let me be an Issachar. Let me be somebody that says, I'm in. I'm in for the cause of Christ. I'm bringing this to a close today, but I want to ask you a question. The call has gone out for 22. Are you ready to respond? Have you been transformed to serve? We've been talking about transformation. Transformation is not about me just being feeling good and liking things and and happy about my soul, but I'm transformed to get involved. I'm transformed to be a part. I'm transformed. Okay. Time out. There's one group that wasn't there. And that's the one that says, I didn't see this tribe yet. I tried to find it. But David and I couldn't find it. So I'm going to make up my own. Scallywag tribe. The scallywag tribe says, if I don't get that job, I'm not doing nothing. If I can't be that leader, I'm doing nothing. See why I call them scalawag Tribe? It's like I've got my own personal agenda and I've got my own personal goals and if you're going to use me, you've got to use me, Lord, on my terms. I'm preaching now. I'm not hollering, but I'm preaching now. You're going to use me, Lord, on my terms. Rather than saying as Paul, Here am I. Send me. Rather than saying as Isaiah, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in a nation of unclean people. And God said, Here, I'll touch your lips. I'll use your mouth. Stand with me, please. Are you ready in 22 to respond to a fresh challenge? Are you ready... To say the odds are against me i know it but who, how how am i gonna lose when i've got the god over the rain and the wind and the heavens and the mountains and the rivers i'm outnumbered 200,000 to 10,000 but what they didn't count on is kishon rising to the level of flood and wash i believe god sent a flash Flood of rain that poured down. The, 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 the ice melted from the mountains uh, and the rain fell and it washed them away. I want to tell you, God can do something with you and me if we'll just simply respond. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Send me. Send me. our ministry.